welcome back educator friends and shout out to all of our listeners and just everyone in education you know um, this is a certainly the time of the year where the honeymoon is over you know the dust has settled and and let's face it um things are getting real so we are here to provide you with these short bits of pd that you can listen to on your own time uh, whether you're in the car on the commute during your prep or that relaxing saturday morning when you actually get to enjoy a hot cup of coffee so use it, share it, and seriously, reach out. Let us know if there's anything specific that you are needing to hear. We will find somebody that is an expert in that area, and we will bring it to you. So last week, we had CJ Reynolds on, and I am still buzzing about our conversation. What an awesome guy. You know, he just generally loves teaching, and he has so much passion for the classroom and students. So if you haven't listened to episode four, definitely go back, check it out, give CJ a follow too. Um, and then today we have another incredible educator and just a special human. So Liz is another educator that I met through the Get Your Teach On family. And again, as soon as I met her, she's just one of those people that you can feel her energy, her passion, and what I love most, her positivity. Um, so Liz is a special education teacher. She's going to bring us that special ed lens today. She's a presenter, a wife, and a mother. So. We also have something in common, Liz, um, that most people probably would not guess. We are both dance party enthusiasts. Oh, so, I mean, language. who doesn't love a good living room dance party, right? I mean, it brings me a lot of joy. My kids a lot of embarrassment, but me a lot of joy. So good. I'm always, well, always hey, up. Thank you so much for taking your time this morning and coming on and joining us. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to have you and just for our listeners to, to hear you out. So. I gave you a brief introduction, um, but tell us more about you, like your family, your family adventures. You've had some big moves as a family. And so just tell us about you as the, the human, the person first. Oh, sure. So hi, I'm Liz Sherman. And again, Rosalie, just thank you so much for this opportunity. I think this is a great podcast that you're putting out and just the availability for teachers to yeah get these quick little snippets of PD is something yeah. that's needed and awesome. Um, so yeah, as far as for me and my little fam, yes, I am a wife and a mama to a fierce, very fierce girl squad of three. Yeah. And we don't, um, we don't always go the most traditional route and things. Cause yeah, we, well, my husband and I, we've been in, lived in several different states and our two oldest were born and grew up in San Diego, California. And we thought, you know, why not make it fun during a pandemic when I was 38 weeks pregnant to move back to our home state of Michigan? Okay. And that's what we did. And, you know, it was interesting. It didn't all go as planned. You know, we were. That's like, we yeah. Yeah, we were a little displaced for a while. It was fun living um, in different <laughs> situations for us, but we just love like adventure and sort of just like going for it with that no regret feeling. And yeah, we like to get out there into nature. We're also big Disney fans, so yeah, that's cool. I love I love seeing your posts on Instagram, and uh, I have to say the other day when your kids dressed you and you went oh. out in public. Oh, that's, that's more than I could ever do. That was impressive. Yeah, we were, we, me and my husband, we were calling it salvaging summer, like our saving summer weekend. Cause we just, 
it just goes by so quick yeah. and like we just keep seeing our girls grow up so quickly mm-hmm. and we happened to watch a few weeks ago yesterday as a fa- yeah. on family yeah. movie night oh, yeah my girls love it and my husband was like what if we do a yes day the day before <laughs> school starts i'm like you know what i'm in and we think it's our new family tradition we said I and yeah. that's what the girls did and that's yeah cool. it was fun Ew. All right. Well, well, thank you for, for opening up a little bit and just sure. us with everybody, you know, who you are and stuff. But let's talk a little bit about your journey as an educator. Um, tell us, you know, kind of where, where you started and most importantly, like why special education? Uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording. It's it just how big of a need there there is out there for special education teachers and just how few there are. So go ahead. Sure. Yeah. So it's funny because education was not my original pathway in college. I actually went through like six different majors <laughs> um, and I went to community college at first. So whoop whoop to getting your AA. Yeah. If anybody even knows what that is anymore. But idea. I tried different areas and I kept going back to wanting to be with kids. And honestly, it was seeing my youngest brother's experience in school. So my youngest brother, I'm the oldest of three, he um, is autistic and has intellectual disabilities. And sort of seeing like what he went through and what my my parents also went through is was like, is my first, I always say my first why. And years later, I now have several other whys, you know, with my other families and um, students that I've been fortunate enough to teach. But yeah, I did the community college thing for a bit and then decided to move to Florida and finish my schooling there at Flagler College. And I got my degree in um, elementary and exceptional student education and have just sort of been a little all over since. Yeah. And, you know, from Florida to Atlanta to San Diego to Michigan. So it's been a fun I like it because it's been a, a wide variety too. I've done K mm-hmm. through eight and just a variety of roles. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. Um, you know, and I, I, I like that you, you say, you know, it's a journey, it's an adventure. And um, for some people, that same classroom for 30 years and this, you know, same thing is, is great. That fits them. But I love how you embrace it and you say, I'm going to go with whatever challenge is thrown at me um, in whatever state. And I'm just going to pour into kids and do what's best for them. And so and I also really like how you shared your why. Um, I talk about that when I present a lot is, uh, you know, the why we get in education. And a lot of times as we get farther and farther into our educational journey, it's easy to forget that why. And so I think we always need that um, just kind of reminder of why do we do this? Why do we get into this? And are we still, you know, following that? So and then your role today, you made a little bit of a pivotal shift, which I really like uh, in education. Tell us a little bit about that. Um. I think she means like I'm more so I'm I'm being more present at home yes. with my family. Um, I'm still looking for you know ways that I can impact the world of education and support mm-hmm. teachers and students and better, more effective models of special education. But right now, I'm also seeing that my role is also really important to be educating and being a part of that for my own children. Because I was sort of noticing, even though I was putting up the boundaries and I was, you know, still trying to be all the things to all people, Mm -hmm. I couldn't let them sort of fall by the wayside either. So, yeah. I 
love that. And I think you and I connected some on that uh, this summer when we met in Dallas. Um, but you know, I definitely can resonate with that. And, you know, I, I love the, this, this kind of quote or saying, you know, when we're pouring in all of ourselves to those in school and our work, then the most important people at home are only getting what's rest of us and not the best of us. And so right. um, if you're listening and, and you can say, Hey, you know what? I'm not giving those people that I love at home the best of me, then it's time for a change. And whether you do what Liz and I have done and made drastic changes in our lives or, or just some small changes in your work environment, please, we encourage you to do so. Yeah, so and the, uh, next question. Oh, you know, sorry, I was just going to say also like the okay. thing, my husband, cause it was a really tough call to, to make, uh, like, yeah. like I've told you, like, I was at the school where like your admin supported you, your teachers supported you, your families did, your superintendent did. And my husband just reminded me, he's like, this is just a season. Yep. Like, it doesn't mean you're not an educator. It doesn't mean you yeah. can't stop helping educators or start, stop helping students. Like, this is just a season of life. Yes. We're going to go through it and you're going to be able to go back on the other end, even more like charged up. So mm -hmm. embracing those seasons. Right. You know, and that's one thing I share now is uh, I'm a forever educator. No matter what role oh, yeah. I have, I'm a forever educator, whether it's educating young students or adults or teachers, whatever it may be. So, um, who has influenced you in your life, both, you know, personally and professionally? Um, as far as personally, I know this may sound cliche, but it truly has been my mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Um, I am actually, a, so I'm a third generation teacher oh, cool. come from a long line of it. And my mom was a teacher. She taught middle school and high school and alternative high school, which it was called. Um, and she just always showed me how to love on her students, but to keep them having high expectations and high accountability, but to also be there for your family is she just, she yeah. embodied that. And she did that for over 27 years. Like, and she just, she, she was the exemplar of that. Yeah. And then as far as my dad, you know, he just has always encouraged me. Like I can remember, you know, my mom did too, but I can like distinctly remember my dad always telling me like, you know, they would call me Beth, but they were like, Beth, you can be whatever you want to be when you grow up. Like you can do whatever you want, you know, and there's still yeah. things that I've mentioned in the past that I, I want to do. And he's like, Oh, we're still waiting on it. Like you still got time. Oh. Like, so I've just always been so encouraged and supported with them in whatever I did. Like I said, mm -hmm. when I kept changing my major six times, they're like, yep, you'll be the best one. Yet. And so I'm very fortunate to have some. Um, what, what a privilege that, you know, you have that yeah. environment and, and those type of people around you that, support you and love you and thousand percent and that's you you. down and so um, to this day so. I, I in the same way i'm incredible parents that have instilled the same values in me and and supported me whatever i was going to do i remember i was so nervous to tell my parents when i was going to leave the principalship this yeah. spring and as soon as i did they're like okay what are you going to do right. you know you're going to be amazing and that was such a, a sigh of relief um and not that I don't know why I was so nervous to tell them, but you know, it's a big deal. Like they were really proud of me for becoming oh, a principal, for and sure. So, but they were just as proud of me that I, you know, took on this new role. And, yeah, and so, my my, I was worried telling that to my mom, you know, but who had shown me and done it for so long. Yeah. And their first question was, "Are you okay?" Yeah. Like that was the first thing they were concerned about. Like, is this okay? Is this what you want? I'm like, yeah, this is for right now. And they're like, okay, great, it's great, we're here for it. So yeah. Yeah, what I'm about professionally as an professionally? So, I mean, right. Like there's so many people and things that I can especially look to now, but when I think about 
what has had maybe the longest impact and has really changed like my viewpoint and just like my lens on how I see like the world and how I want, how we try to teach our girls and how, how even in the world of special education, it, it was my first school in San Diego where the admin, the teachers and staff, it was a very heavy focus. Like one of the pillars of the school was like social justice and anti-racism and anti-bias work. And just, you know, I always thought I had that lens. And then I realized like even more, because we would really dig into it and have like the hard, uncomfortable conversations. And I realized like, oh, I just scratched the surface. Like that wasn't enough. And especially because there sometimes can be such bias in special education, Mm -hmm. I think that has like deeply impacted me and just the way that I help when I go to schools, like, you know, creating different models and systems or how do we approach, you know, identifying students if they are eligible or if there's a different intervention that could be in place. So that school definitely had a profound You know, I like that you can say not just like a specific person, but a school and a culture Mm -hmm. and a community you know, build this in me and and open my eyes. So very cool. Um, I I like this next question because I'm always interesting, interested to see what what people say, but uh, what has or or has been or is a game changer hack that you used as a teacher? Okay, so I'm gonna go twofold. I really tried to narrow this down. And like I told you, Ross, I'm a wordy (laughs) person. So I'm gonna try to keep it concise. (laughs) But my first one is like, in the classroom in general is sometimes like be willing to give up control, mm-hmm. like to let your students sort of take the lead on things. And, you know, not like the first day of school or anything, but like right. once you have, have certain procedures in place or you've taught yeah. certain lessons, like to sort of let them lead it and let them make the mistakes. And you have to sort of sit back and wait yeah. and see if another student picks it up. Cause I've seen, I've, I've witnessed it. I've had it happen in my class and just like, the empowerment that gives to kids of mm-hmm. of being like, oh, no, 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 we got this. And like just taking that ownership of their own learning. I saw then transfer in, like if I was doing a resource room study, like into their general education classroom with their peers. And so it's just, yeah, sometimes you got to give up that control as much as like we like that control as teachers. Yeah. Well, I, I, you and I are both big on systems, you know, uh-huh. but at the same time, if you have the right systems in place, then you yeah. can step back and say, go run with it. You know, I, I know when I was teaching social studies, um, and, you know, the principal's like, I'm going to come in for your, you know, formal evaluation. And mm-hmm. I'm like, good luck. I'm probably not going to be teaching, you know, because my okay. kids are doing, you know, and I, I use project-based learning and my kids were just always, you know, with their hands and, and involved in their work. And, and they were supportive of that, which I was thankful for. Um, but mm-hmm. let kids take the lead. And have, yeah. Have them do that. Yeah. What else? My other thing was, um, now I say this with people having the right mindset of <laughs> ask for forgiveness, not permission. Okay. If you know, if you are like deep in your heart, know you are doing what's right for kids. Yes. Not necessarily with doing what's easiest and right for you, but you know that this is going to be better as a whole for a child. Um, like, yeah, it's kind of okay to do that you know like there's right sometimes like you were talking before we get like the curriculum and it's like oh follow this and you know i had a time in my year of teaching where i'm like so i'm actually not going to teach that math unit you know my math coach was like oh no but we need the scores and the spreadsheet and i'm like oh sure i'll put numbers in if that's what you want but 
and I'll integrate because it happened to be for second graders for geometry. And I'm like, oh, sure. I've already integrated that into like our morning calendars, but I'm not that worried about them knowing an obtuse angle versus an acute angle. But I can tell you they need another like time period for us to really hone in on their addition subtraction with regrouping skills. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do that. You know, like, and, yeah. and sometimes you have to push the system. My kids need. And if you know your kids and you have, right. you know, I'm huge on relationships. Have you had the relationships built and you know what their needs are in there and you're going to meet them. So, right. Do, so like I said, you, you do it with the right intent, not just like, oh, I'll just ask yeah. for permission later and yeah. I don't know, something else. We're but. watching another movie today. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's not what I'm saying. It's more so when, you know, deep in your heart, like it's going to do something yeah. betterment for that child. Like, yeah. No, and then you can no, explain I it. it later. And I, I was the exact same way. And uh, I don't think my old superintendent listens. Um, so I can say this, but I would do that as a principal too. You know, I'm like, I, I 1000% believe this is what's best for kids. And I can see what the result's going to be. So he's going to be happy with the result. You know, we're going to wow him with the result, but right. we're just going to do it. <laughs> and, and so, and at the end of the day, no matter what role you're in in schools, if you're doing what's best for kids, then. Yeah, that's you're what doing right. You know, so I don't care what others think and what others view it as. If you're doing what's right for kids, then right. then go for it. So cool. Well, the next part here of the episode, I call it the open floor. And like I shared at the beginning, and you shared a lot about, you know, you are a special education teacher and you have done a lot for special education at, you know, where you've been in the various schools. Um, and now you have the opportunity to share um, on a bigger platform, you know, and, and on a national level, and you're sharing next week with, with Indiana educators, and there's a huge need for that. And so you are where you're supposed to be. I want you to know that um, 1000%. And this needs to be heard, and you need to be heard across um, the country. So you've got 10 minutes or so to share when I say, you know, special ed, Liz Sherman, what do you want to share? My gosh. I mean, first is like, what don't I want to share? Like, we need, honestly, we need a half a day episode. <laughs> I get it, but it isn't going to cut it, but we're going to make it work. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, you know, there are thoughts of, you know, first and foremost, like special education is not a place like the law itself does not say like it's a specific location in a building. It says it's just specially designed instruction, which can be given anywhere. So, you know, like, there's, there's always that like of let's having more inclusive practices and stuff that accommodations you do for your students that have an IEP. You can also do for students that don't have an IEP. Like, you know, I could talk about like presumed competence of students that they are capable of doing things and like to set them to that, that higher level and that higher standard. Um, But I think like the one thing that I, I've, I've experienced and I've recognized like in each state that I've taught in for the most part is just to know that like when it comes to general education and special education, like we're all on the same team. Yeah. Like we're all there for kids. Cause I feel sometimes it gets, it, it's almost like we're pitted against each other. Mm-hmm. And like, that's not the case. Like in all honesty, I just consider myself an educator. Yeah. Like and I'm sure everyone that's listened can go back to a time period or a sure. school or maybe in their current situation and, and feel that. You see it and and people are just like adamant, like, no, this is your student and this is your role and this is my students in my role and and that's not the case. So, it's not sorry, the case. And, 
and I get it. Oh no, you can interrupt me all you want, but you know, like, I, and I get it because sure, like there are some schools or systems that the models don't work well, right? Like yeah. nothing is all perfect, but in general, like we are all educators. We're if we're all there truly for like the betterment of the child, like let's do it together. And whether it's because you know the trainings haven't been in place you know, of how you all work together. If it's because there's budgets, like, Mm -hmm. and sometimes that pits you against one another. Like when it really comes down to it, like we're, we're all on the same team. We're all working together. And I always say like, as a special education teacher, I just always lovingly nudge my way into general education meetings. (laughs) I'm just like, Hey, yeah. So what can I do? What are we doing? What, Oh, what are our standards this week? Like, I just would always like, just, sort of like push my way in. And honestly, for the most part, you would get teachers to be like, wow, nobody's ever done that before. And not to say that other special education teachers weren't great and couldn't do that, but I think it's also just, maybe they also didn't even know that they were meeting. Mm -hmm. I was really nosy. So I just like would budge. I think too, a lot of it has to do with your approach. You came in with a, a positive approach. How can I help you? How can I support you? I want to know more. And but if you come in with a negative approach and say, I heard you're doing this, or, you know, what is this? Then you're, you're probably not going to be welcomed like you were. Sure. And I think it, it's also like being able to recognize that as educators, right across the board, everybody has full plates. Yeah. Everybody's plates are overflowing, but they all are overflowing with something different mm-hmm. on them and being able to give each other a little bit of that grace you know, trying to come up with different systems that work for specifically for that school or specifically for that general education teacher you're, you're um, collaborating with. Cause you know, there's been years where I would be like, okay, like I have this way so we can track it, you know, when the student might be in your classroom and they're like, that one's really tough for me. Can we adjust it? Sure. Absolutely. Let's make it work. So that like, you don't think of it as just like one more thing to have to do. Um, and just being able to really collaborate and talk in that manner and be open about it. And then, you know, me sometimes being like, Hey, I have like three IEPs I need to write. Yeah. I, I'm not gonna be able to get, you know, yeah. this accommodated test you by today, but, but tomorrow, like, you know, or, you know, whatever day, like I still got your back, but mm. just know I have this going on too. Like you have that clear communication can help out so much. Yes. That. Yeah, just the, the the right systems, the relationships, the communication, the empathy for one another, like, you know, understanding what you're going through and just the respect that I think is it lacks a lot of times between the two. And so, yeah, because uh, I mean, there's, there's definitely been the times where I'm like, I get the like, I've gotten the, well, are you a real teacher? I'm like, mm, yeah. Yeah, got my degree too. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, like, but then like eventually they'd be like, oh, I get it. And, you know, you got to give a little bit of time to warm up. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not going to, like, always magically happen, like, your first meeting or in the first, like, week or month of school. But, like, just keep pressing forward and, like, work to build, like, that collaboration together. Because it honestly can make a world of difference. Not only just, like, for your work environment, for you as a teacher, but, like, for the child. Like, that's the important part. Like, you're helping get what the student needs, too. And I think, you know... COVID taught us so much in education. And if it didn't teach you anything, then holy cow. Like, Where were you? Find a new career. I'm sorry. That's just the reality of it. 
COVID should have taught you so much as an educator. And one of the things that I think it, it should have taught us as an education you know, society and system is that there has to be collaboration between gen ed teachers and special ed teachers. Uh, we had so many students uh, at our school that post COVID were just red flags, you know, and then as we dive into it, we're like, I don't know if there's a learning disability there or they just missed a year and a half, two years of quality in-person instruction. So maybe they don't need special education services, but we still need to service this kid, right? Right, sure. And, and sorry, if you have that up. relationship and that collaboration piece, then you can go back and forth and, and bounce back ideas and supports and whatever it is that that kid needs. Again, going back to doing the right thing for all kids. Right. Like just because I'm the special education teacher, yes, I have my students on my caseload typically that are like my priority. That's what I say. But I'm like, if there are other students that we have concerns about, like, well, that's what early intervention is. That's, that's as a special education teacher, that's what I should be, have more of my expertise in so that I can help provide that to you or give ideas to you on how you could implement something. Mm -hmm. And rather than just always waiting until we get to like, you know, well, we, we, did all like the the tier one we did the tier two like yeah. well we what did we do um before getting to that right like i should be able to be there to help you too i'm not just restricted to the students on my caseload to mm-hmm. do that if we truly believe like all of the kids in our school are ours yeah like just like i shouldn't think a general education teacher is like oh they said that's my student that's my yeah. well i shouldn't be that way either like it goes both ways truly when it comes down to it I love that. And that's what I'm talking about. It needs to be heard, you know, it needs to be shared and and hopefully modeled um, in schools across the country. And and so thanks for sharing that. Any other things Um, you want to cover special ed wise before we dive into our last couple of questions? Oh my gosh. I, you know what? I'm sure I do, but I'm like such like, I have too many tabs. Yeah. (laughs) At this point, but yeah, just like I get it, and that's why that's why you're here to give it a little tidbit, and yeah. that's why people need to follow you and and um, get more of your content. And and go ahead. I thought of one thing, and this goes back to like the ask forgiveness for permission and nothing. Like, if you see like a system isn't working in your school, be willing to shake it up. Yeah, like that was something at my my previous school, and. All of a sudden, because let's not lie, like we see tons of, there's been an increase in student behaviors. And there were a lot in the beginning of the school last year. Like we were in October and we're like, my gosh, I don't know if we're going to make it. And all we had to do was like, think outside the box, get creative. We had supportive admin. So again, fortunate to have that. And we're like, we're changing this up. We don't care if, you know, this does this or that says that, like, this is what we need. And they're like, yep let's go, let's do it. And it made, it changed the school environment. Mm-hmm. It changed those students. It changed the others, like just the, the feel, the vibe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you're seeing that a system isn't working, be willing to shake it up, yeah. be willing to like be a disruptor of that. Yeah, no. That, and that's, that's how real change happens. Yeah. And that's how you change lives and not just for our students, but for the adults in the building too, that yeah. we're ready to quit in October probably. Well, and for the caregivers, yes. like to be able to, I, the, one of the things I, I always pride myself in having strong relationships with families and caregivers and to see parents like sometimes come in defeated because you quote unquote have their, that kid yeah. and that their kid, like, but being like, Hey, no, I love your baby. 
Yeah. Like, I got them. I got you. What do you need? Like, it, it can change it all if you just, yeah, you, you're willing to shake the system and shake your mindset too yeah. about, about yeah. it all. And you're ed- educating the whole child, you know, what mm-hmm. that looks like. So very cool. Thank you. I, I love that. And I hope our listeners do too, because it needs to be heard. So last couple of questions here before we, we wrap it up. Um, advice to educators. And you've, yeah. you've already given a ton of that. Um, but what's one thing that you would give to any educator? Mine is to learn how to advocate. Because I think that's something, and not just ab- one, yes, advocate for yourself as an educator of like, you know what, of, of setting boundaries with, you know, staff or with um, families, like, you know what, after 4.30, like, sorry, I'll be sure to get back to your email or your phone call after the next day, you know, like, but also advocating for your students, advocating for your general education teachers, advocating for your paraprofessionals, for your building, like just learning how to advocate um, when, again, like I said, like, you know, like something needs to shake or change in the system has been something powerful for me and something I had to learn over the years. You know, I'm like first year teaching, you're like, right, you're just surviving and I'm following yeah. the book. Yeah. I'm following it as isn't it? Even though I'm like, yeah, I don't know about this. I know. This doesn't you're feel right. Your head above water and right. Yes. But then after that, I was trying being like, well, I think this would be a better way to help. Or like I would think this is this is a better system to use to teach X, Y, or Z. And um, it can make a difference, especially if you have, you know, like your research to back you up or you have your results in your classroom to back you up. Like just be willing to advocate and Again, like when you're advocating for your general education teachers, you're helping to build that trust and rapport too, of like, hey, they need extra help in their classroom with this. Or like, I need to give them extra time. Like you want us to do a co-teaching model. Well, when do we get to plan? Because we can't just throw it together. Like just constantly being that voice of, again, it's always going back to what's going to be best for your students and best for you. Like, yeah, learn how to advocate for yourself. Bring it, bring those ideas. You know, as an administrator, I always tell our teachers like, you know, one, I was big on creating a green light culture, but the worst thing I can do is say no. Right. Uh, oh, for sure. Most of the time I'm going to say, that's a great idea. I wish it was mine, but it's yours and let's run with it. How can, how can I support you? And so, right. so many times those, those needs to be, those things need to be heard. And that brilliance just needs to be shared and say, Hey, why not? And you know what? It might even flop. Yeah. Like yeah. at least you tried it. You tried it. Yeah. Give it a whirl. That's good. What about for students? So you've had a lot of students over the years in different locations across the country. Um, what advice do you give to your students? Uh, for students, it would be, I think it's the thing I tell, I've told my girls since they've been going to school and that's to be your kind of brave for that day. And it can look different. Your kind of brave for that day can mean that you, you know, like you went and shared an answer when you were really scared that you were going to be, getting it wrong, but you didn't want to say in from the old class, but you still did it anyway. Or, yeah. you know, your kind of brave is sticking up for another student when you see somebody's being mean to them or, you know, or, or is um, leaving them out of something and you know, it doesn't feel right in you. Like your kind of brave can mean that you were just loud and crazy and silly that day. And like, that was you like, <laughs> you know, like, or, or like for that activity. Um, But yeah, just to be like, be brave, but be what your brave needs to be for yeah. that day. Because it doesn't always have to be like the really big actionable things. It can also be small and 
quiet and internal too. Yeah, because for some, and I know you're the same way, but you know, like we've had three kids as well. They're all three so different. So and different. What, our oldest, her brave is going to be that small type of, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to play with this kid at recess because they don't have any to play with, you know, yeah. where our middle child, her kind of brave is like, you know, she's going to change the world. And, and right. if it's anything less, then she failed. Right. Um, so that's, you know, that's the difference. So that is one I haven't heard. Thank you for sharing that. You're being your own type of brave. Adults need, I think, to hear it too sometimes. For sure. Like, just, yeah, you're kind of brave. It's going to cool. be, and every day it's going to look different. Yeah. You don't hold your expectation yeah. to it and, being the same And like you said thing. earlier, you know, in every season of life, it's going exactly. to look different. So exactly. very cool. Yeah. Oh, hey, you shared a lot of brilliance today. And I appreciate that. Um, I really, really am excited to have you on here and just love everything that you shared today. So thank you again. Oh, well, and truly, thank you, Ross. Like, I was very humbled when you asked me to be on. I was like, oh, me? Um, so just like, thank you for that and just for an opportunity to share and just to even have this outlet for educators, other educators to share. Because, yeah, I've listened to your the previous episodes and there's just so much good yeah. that you're hearing. Like, um, and just like, yeah, this, this snippet of time and it can just like really yeah. help you throughout yeah, your also, day. I, I want people to have a, a school life series binder, you know, that they can just yeah. put all this stuff into it and, and go back and, and pull it out when they need it because, uh, they deserve it and teachers deserve it. Educators, all, Absolutely. All educators deserve it. So, so thanks again. And thanks obviously to school life for sponsoring us, um, and all they do for education. You know, I I'm passionate about getting kids into school and right now school life, um, has some pretty awesome attendance solutions that I'm I'm loving sharing and working with schools with. So um, that is it. Not sure who we'll have on our next episode. I'm just going to leave it at that. It's going to be somebody just as great as Naomi and CJ and Liz. And um, I think we're going to tap into the administrative world on our next episode. So I'll just say that. So thanks again, Liz. Thanks to all of our listeners and be great today.